everybody. Hi. We are back after a little uh, week off because we were very busy boys. Busy kids working. And we're yeah. back to talk more summer. But first, before we get into that, it's about that time. Crack them cold ones. All right, hang on. Let me get my thing. I wasn't going to do this, but, you know. Popping tops. Treat yourself, you know? Sure. sure, I might have had, you know, ice cream and all that. Those wagon wheels are really high. Wagon wheels are really high? Yeah, I'm falling off the wagon. Ah, already. It's happening. Um, yep. You predicted the fall. It's close enough. Yep, thanks. <laughs> now I'll get my shit back together. Was it Music Fest that, that de-wheeled you? No, it was after. I was just too tired to like, I was just like, eh, fuck it. What's, what's one more night of eating crap and not working out? So I got to put the kibosh to that. Putting the kibosh to it. Yes, as they say in Rome. Well, what did you have today? Uh, what did I have today? You came in my office at one point today with a cup full of cheese and olives. It wasn't full. It was just a little bit. I had stopped on the way. I'm like, you know what? I, something, I was just, I was fucking hungry today for some reason. And, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I didn't have a plate or anything, or one of my cheese boards. So I just took a cup and threw some cheese and olives in there. Just peru walked around the building while my files uh, transferred. Was that your lunch? Uh, no, I had a little bit of sushi from the Wegmans. Oh, yeah, I did see you eating sushi. Yeah. It was, but, uh. I don't know. That wasn't a, normally. That's enough to hold me over. Normally, I don't usually even eat to like three or four. But for some reason, uh, I don't know. Today was a hungry squeezer day. Well, what'd you go home and eat then? Uh, sausage and peppers. On a roll or just? No, just sausage and peppers. Oh, well, that's not that bad. No, not terrible. I cooked it last night at like ten thirty. She's like, oh, crap, can you cook that because it expired today? And so I'm like, sure. So I had a big, just, I just took it, I didn't even take it out of the packaging. I just took the plastic off, put two skewers through it, threw it on the grill, and let her go. And then I kept it company with some wings. <laughs> I didn't want it to be lonely. No, well, no. no nothing, nothing is more sad than a lonely sausage. Boy. <laughs> I, I hear they say that. Well, it's not too bad. You haven't fallen off the wagon too hard unless you're leaving not, something not, out. Not too hard. No. I wouldn't even say you've really fallen off. Thanks. I mean, except for uh, what you had at Music Fest. Well, that wasn't... Look, that was planned and maintained within reason. Like, look, there's going to be some... Uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, collateral damage. Sure. You know, but sure. uh, look, when you have, when you got a guy that becomes your new best friend, giving you gator sausage, <laughs> you don't say no. Thanks, Jerome. See, my uh, inability to look past the fact that it's alligator is one of the things that saves me from gaining weight at Music Fest. It was delicious. It was actually probably one of the healthier things that I was eating. <laughs> I mean, it's fairly lean. It's kind of like chicken. Yeah, but it's it's ground up with pork. Twenty percent. 
Yeah. You need a binder. And what better binder than pork? Did you only have the um, uh, pork sausage with, as Christy put it, marmalade, not roumalade? <laughs> she didn't. Yeah. She, on, in her package, she calls it marmalade. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I'm a terrible editor. Or maybe subliminally I wanted it to happen. I was like, what are you, Paddington? <laughs> she didn't get that either. Yeah, so it was delicious. It was very good. Uh, did you have anything else from a stand? Uh, oh, yeah, you did. I saw you get no, the gator tacos. Uh, well, I had the, the gator tacos, Dan, because they, they sold like 2,000 uh, alligator sausages, so there wasn't much left. So they turned it into tacos. That was pretty good. It was light, refreshing. Uh, on, a, on a proper corn tortilla, it was very good. Uh, and that was all you had from the man? Yeah, yeah, because everything else had, like, shrimp in it, and Mrs. Squeezer doesn't let me try that stuff yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Munch okay. ate the entire uh, platter, $30 alligator Yeah, platter. I was jealous. My lord. <laughs> yeah, it was like... How, uh, how many trips to the poutinery did you go? Uh, I think only five. Okay. Four or five. Yeah, no, nothing too crazy. Even we even did a, I even did a shoot there, a package, and like uh, interviewed people. Like, well, I didn't do it. I was like teaching the new kid, which we'll get there. But uh, and he did all right. And then they're like, "Do you want? Do you guys want anything?" And at this point, I'm like, I I was doing like a weigh in each day. Like, if I went above a certain weight, I could not have poutine that day. So I basically had to be a good boy and cut so I can have poutine the next day. That's how I did it. Rather than track all day, I just, you know, let's just do it this way. It was easier. And uh, I actually said no to free poutine. Hmm. Yep, I did. And I looked at the new kid, and he looked at me. I'm like, that's why you got in this business, young man. Travel the world, meet interesting people, and get free food. Did he take it? it? Hell yeah, he did. Is that what he ate on air? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He went with the buffalo chicken. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a. I'm a purist. Keep it simple. You don't just need the. It's already French fries covered in gravy and cheese curds. You don't need to throw anything more on top. Right. I I can actually see my ankles like this. I'm I'm a swollen, salty <laughs> mess. What else? so the rest of the time you had take a taco, heaven I on had a bun. One, I had one take a taco. I had one burger from heaven on a bun and a couple island noodles but okay it's kind of like a yeah so yeah i I didn't uh, there was nothing out of everything else there yeah i wasn't uh i didn't go with the gyro i was kind of disappointed i usually save that for the fair yeah i um i like the fair better because you could eat at dan's barbecue chicken yes they don't even know it's there you know yeah Every but Thursday, I'm not, Friday, I'm Saturday. I'm not going there <laughs> unless I'm working. I have to be at the fair. Um, there's really no, like, there's nothing at Music Fest food-wise that really appeals to me. Uh, I had one. I had two, two different days. I had a chicken taco from Take a Taco. Mm-hmm. I had a handful of Island Noodles, never which I finished because they weren't that good this year. Um, they're dry and not a lot of veggies. Yeah. Uh, I just was, uh, my stomach isn't as big as it used to be. I'm a, a teensy boy when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking, you're looking svelte. 
No, I, I get the stomach not as big as it used to. You know, I used to be like, you know, pound it down and keep going back for more. And now it, <laughs> it doesn't even interest me. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I really By, didn't. You know, on a curve. Right. I didn't really eat much during these. I tried, the last day I was like, I'm going to get something I haven't gotten yet. And I tried Pat's pizza. Ugh. <laughs> Soggy no, mess. Didn't do it for Just you. threw it away. Oh, you know, I was right around the corner, right? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> there wasn't, so anyway, there wasn't much that I, if someone had like a, a, like a chicken, some gr- type of grilled chicken there, you know, I could be all over that, but mm-hmm. they don't. And, uh, but Dan's right there, the Dan's barbecue, delicious. So I'll, I'll definitely fill up on that. But, um, I didn't really eat music. If I wound up losing, if anywhere from like, I think in total ten pounds, but it's more like maybe eight or nine. I don't nine. think you're supposed to lose that over that short time period. Yeah, that's why I can't remember exactly. I thought it might it might be seven or eight or ten. I can't really remember what I was at, that's... but it was cl- it was ten pounds. What I wanted to lose like a few months ago. We got in the scale. I was like, "Whoa, shit! I am ten pounds lighter than." I think I I was like Isn't it seven pounds or ten. Where was I at? I'm like I, I think so. It might be ten. And then I was another like pound and a half. Did you pounds. drink from the creek? Did you have Giardia? <laughs> I didn't. I I might have inhaled it. I hear dysentery is actually a very good uh, weight loss uh, yeah. program that mm-hmm. you can get on. You just put it back on though, really. Yeah. So I mean, I could put it back on. I don't know. It's not. I wasn't trying to do anything. That's why. It's, uh, I'll probably just go back on Squeezer. I just did nothing at Music Fest, like, made me want to eat anything. Mm hmm. So I just did it. <laughs> and then I had no, I didn't go grocery shopping. I had no food at home when I got home. So I just, I had some cashews and drank my beer and fell asleep. And that's it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much every evening ended with me, uh, falling asleep. Sitting up on the couch, waking up at four thirty with a rather full beer sitting to my side. Yeah, there's a lot of full beers next to me. I know yeah. it's a rip to those full guys. The the one night where I didn't eat that much and I was still a little hungry, I woke up with my hand in a cheese it box at about three thirty. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was actually not gonna lie. It took me back. I'm like, oh man, it's just like like the single days. <laughs> Uh, we uh, speaking of you, your the little ones came down. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they enjoy themselves? Did they enjoy they the beach? Did. Your beach day on Monday. They did. That was their first time going to a beach. Summer bucket list. Summer bucket list. Yep. We we didn't tell my daughter to fill it with feces. <laughs> uh, instead, we filled it with fond memories. Mm. Let's see, Jeffrey on the <laughs> other hand. <laughs> oh, bucket! Basically, might as well take a dump in that because that's pretty much all you're gonna be able to fill it with. I'm not gonna lie; I was kind of dreading it because I'm like, okay, I just worked uh, what 150 some hours in 10 mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't want to drive two hours to be on the beach for 20 minutes, then be bored or hate it, and then drive back. But no, we were down there for a good uh, seven. Seven hours or so, just spent some time on the beach. The waves down there were insane. I got jacked oh, up. My back was killing me. 
I love waves that are insane. Um, yeah, but when there's a six-year-old that is only like a entry-level swimmer, mm. they're trying to keep uh, on shore, and she thinks she's an expert, and you could feel the tide pulling you in, and you're a uh, roughly 200-pound man. Uh, that that was fun. That that was the most stressful part, just keeping uh, keeping her alive. Went on some rides. Okay. Ate some ice cream. All right. Chase chase like some birds. Beach. It was a good time. Chase some birds. Uh, I watched. So what I did when I uh, uh, my my break our Monday and then Tuesday after work and today after work, I uh, I watched television. I caught up on things. Oh. Um, nice. Monday caught up on Only Murders in the Building so we could catch up yesterday on the new one. Oh, it's so good this season. It's even better than last season. It is just such a great show, and I'm just... Next week's the season finale, and I'm so excited. <laughs> You're um, adorable. Uh, watching The Old Man, which is really good. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, four episodes into that. Um, we also started Paper Girls on Amazon, the Brian K. Vaughn book that they turned into a series and it's very enjoyable. Uh, I never read the book. Uh, Enchantress has read She had the book and she's reading it now. Um, cause we're watching the show. So she stayed with it. Very fun series. Uh, there's so much good TV out. It's hard to really keep up with, uh, everything. Of course, Enchantress got me the killer clowns from outer space on vinyl record sick um we both finally got our batman score on vinyl yes mine is still i i have it right here in cellophane ah mine was although i was was listening to it today at work though so (laughs) and was it that loud oh it doesn't have to be loud our walls aren't that thick they are (laughs) they're cinder block and oh that's true well we have an open door policy right well there was also uh, children and uh adult men that were annoying me in the hallway so i just put that on to soothe myself oh. while i worked yeah. i don't know who is more annoying the adult man <laughs> or the children <laughs> oh he listens uh well i mean he was he was good uh what's the word i'm looking for uh goading goading them on sure oh gotcha the children i see uh they're they're hawking their wares, and he was. He was like, we do this somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were things to be bought. Nothing worth a damn, but yeah. Oh, sorry, that, I. Had, uh... that, that's the problem. I mean, aside from bed sheets, you really can't get anything oh. like tangible. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, like I, ha- I had those magical, uh, magical little white devices in my ears that mm. cut me off from the outside world. You buy. You buy someone selling hoagies. You want a hoagie. You don't want a, a coupon for a hoagie, right? Oh, it was a hoagie set. Oh, it was just a coupon for a hoagie set. Coupon. See, I'll never, I'll never use it. No, that's exactly what I said. You'll never, you'll buy and you'll never use it. Sell the hoagie. Actually, they should um, sell you the hoagie coupon. Yeah, yeah it's better. I got a return. I, I now, now we have like a whole. You know how you, when you get like the the. Uh, like when you get like the uh, store card, like mm-hmm. the club card, and it comes in like like almost like a blister pack, mm-hmm. like the little punch you got to punch them out. Like oh now yeah yeah neighbor, yeah, they're selling like big ones of that, and each one is like a little coupon 
And it's like, oh, 20 bucks. Like, oh, well, you know, if you use this, 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 and this, you'll use it. But you never do. Hmm. I already see it sitting on the pile of stuff that's going to get moved to some other corner, moved to some other corner, and then we'll find it after it expires. I got. I think tomorrow they're coming. I bought 50 Italian hoagies from the shelter we got Izzy from for all of you guys. They're coming tomorrow. Wait, what's that? I bought 50 Italian hoagies from the, sh- oh, the shelter that we got Izzy from was doing a hoagie sale. Oh, so I bought everyone in the building a Italian hoagie. Well, <laughs> it's for kitties. If, if it's for a good cause, I'll have a, I'll have a couple. <laughs> well, Ian will eat whatever's whatever's left. Oh God, yeah, I can't think. Whatever, just whatever is gonna get him. I hope it hurries up. <laughs> But we did it. We're uh, yeah, all done and with Music Fest. I don't see anything else getting in the way of us missing, a, um, not doing a show, or getting in the way of us doing a show. Yes, with the exception of our gross incompetence and inability to read calendars. Right. But um, other than that, nothing should get in the way uh, up until next summer. So yeah. Uh, here we are doing doing a show. We're both a little tired yet uh yeah our yeah. old age is slow catching up with us and uh we we don't bounce back from music no. fest away i like i feel it now and and know what know what really sucks is when you say to an old guy like oh i i'm sore oh my back or some shit like that and they used to say to you oh you're still young wait till you're my age Oh, they now, say. They just, now they just look at you and go, Aha! <laughs> yep. Yep. Aha! <laughs> oh, yeah, everything hurts. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it does. But um, that being said, we are uh, done with that part of the summer. Summer's over, right? Yeah. M- music Fest summer's uh, sadly, over. Sadly, yeah, that's, it's... Uh, Mrs. Squeezer even noticed when we went out for ice cream this evening, uh, we got back and it was like 7.30-ish and it was getting dark. Yeah. Like, here it comes. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, fall That's will when be they here. Fall will be here. And even even the other night, like I, I threw a hoodie on. like, Well, like I had it on the truck because it's freezing in there. But when I like stepped out, I'm like, oh. I'm going to leave this damn thing on. So, you know, it's like shorts and hoodie weather already. I mean, that's that's almost all summer for me, but <laughs> Uh yeah, it's um it's chilly at night. It's going to be chilly in the morning. It's going to be roasting during the day. That's uh the fall early September weather. Although there is a chance that it gets I think it it's going to be roasting again by the weekend in the 90s. And oh, fine. It'll stay roasting all night, so we're not completely there yet. Uh, oh, good. Because Allentown Fair is coming, and usually they, you know, Mother Nature likes to cook us like a fucking alligator sausage during Allentown yes. Fair. Yeah, just a bunch of blacktop and aluminum. Yeah. So we're not out of the sweatbox yet, thank goodness. Um, but we are, uh, are are talking. We're doing our summer series. We're talking about summers of years from when we were growing up. Um, two weeks ago, we finished before our break with '96. Today, we are talking 1990, and I believe I go first, kind of say. Okay. 
So in keeping with tradition, I will play my clip. I forget what it's for. <laughs> Coming soon, the most hair-raising experience a man and a rabbit ever had. Roger and Eddie, they're up to their ears in trouble. The rabbit cacked him. The rabbit didn't kill that. It's a rabbit. Ah! You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? I see the rabbit. Oh, honey bunny. Gotta think for rabbits. We've been hanging around rabbits too long. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Coming in June to a Disney Channel near you. Ah, uh, so I am starting off with a Friday night, June 1st, 1990, Squeezer. And we're watching TV. Hold on, let me paint a picture here for you. Okay. I'm in my weird book. So I was finishing the second grade. Mm-hmm. And I was going on to third grade. So um, I believe I was still downstairs. Chris and I, we had a television in the room. We, it was a small one. We were still sharing the room. Um, and we had the TV downstairs and the TV upstairs. Now, uh, I remember this night in particular because it was the first night Roger Rabbit was on television. And they made a big deal about it. Those ads were playing. So we were all set up to record it on VHS. Um, and this was in the uh, paper that night. Roger Rabbit arrives on two pay channels. The highest grossing movie of 1988, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, finally arrives on pay cable. The Disney Channel at 7 and the movie channel at 11. Roger Rabbit, a deaf blend of live action uh, and animation from animator Richard Williams and director Robert Zemeckis, won four Academy Awards uh, and uh, made a whole bunch of money. So it talks about um, that, but there was so much else on tonight, and I remember it. So once I read this, I remember like being torn. Because, of course, it's Friday night, and you're allowed to stay up, and still school's still going on. And... Um, Usually we go over to our neighbor Katie's house, but because she didn't have cable, we did. She came over so we could watch Roger Rabbit and record it because my parents went out that night. Nope. So um, at 7 o'clock was Roger Rabbit, and my brother went upstairs at 8 o'clock where uh, Katie was watching Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, Squeezer. Uh she she went upstairs at eight because it was TGIF Full House Family Family Manners Perfect Strangers and Just the Ten of Us. Mm-hmm. Now we'd also uh, upstairs we couldn't change the channel downstairs because we were recording on VHS. Um, on and upstairs we didn't have the cable box so we didn't have Prism but we did the uh, Mets at the Phillies were on WOOR nine. So we were able to watch check in on the Phillies. Okay, so you picking it up? We had, you had a cable box up there, or that you're picking that up broadcast? We had a, a Panasonic cable box. So we had cable, but we didn't have the open Zenith box that had the pay channels that we did downstairs. Gotcha. That had Prism. Prism was a pay channel. That's how you could watch. Uh, and and Disney was a pay channel back then too. 
Yes. So we had the VHS set recorder, VCR recording downstairs on the Zenith box with our pay channels watching uh, recording Roger Rabbit. Even though it was on 11, we were, I think we had to be in bed by then. But then at 9 o'clock on HBO, they were showing Ghostbusters 2. Ooh. Yeah, and then The Great Outdoors followed that. Hmm. It was a good night of television. That is a good night. Um, at, on Channel 3, uh, Baywatch was 8 to 9. Um, Fox had China from Mao to Now and We Love Lucy, whatever the fuck that is, and Current Affair, obviously. S- Channel 6 ab- absolutely had uh, what we talked about uh, for TGIF. Uh, nine, of course, WOR in New York had new Mets at the Phillies. Uh, ten, which was CBS at this point, had the Eastern Conference Finals, Detroit. Game six, Detroit at Chicago. Um, nine o'clock. Uh, Channel 11, WPIX, New York's movie station, had the Baltimore Orioles at the New York Yankees. Charles and Charge on in front of that. Um PHL 17 had Who's the Boss, Kate and Allie, and a Return of the Living Dead Part 2 uh, on as their movie. Um, Fox 29 had... So Fox 5 had some weird show. Fox 29 was Fox Philly, I believe, before they changed it. Yeah. They had uh, Night Court, MASH, and then uh, Grey Eagle, the... Ben Johnson, Iron Eyes, Cody movie. Of course, then at 11.30, Arsenio would be on. And during the summer, I'd get to watch that, but not so much during the school year squeeze. Mm-hmm. Philly 57 had a movie, Every Girl Should Be Married, from 1948. <laughs> I love, like, there's so many movies, just they needed programming. Right. Carol Burnett, and Taxi. You know a movie from 1948, well, actually, what year was it? It was 1990. 90, so... Okay, so it's still... It's technically not public domain yet. No. But it's getting close. Sure. Uh, FMZ was playing the Rockford Files, Squeezer. They still are, too. It's probably the... A&E had uh, the, a movie called The Offense with Sean, Sean Connery and Trevor Howard. CNN was showing Larry King Live. Discovery had Animal Odyssey and an Animal Album. ESPN was showing Montreal Expos at the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. <laughs> All right. And then they, were, they had Cincinnati at Los Angeles um, after that. Uh, Family Channel, of course. This is what my mom would have been watching. Scarecrow and Mrs. King. It was her favorite fucking show on that <laughs> channel. And then they were playing a movie, Brothers by Choice. The Yannick Bitson, '86 picture, Lifetime out of movie the the Marvel Collins story with Cecily Tyson, uh, Nashville Network, uh, which would be a TNN, which would later become Spike TV, which later become Paramount, had Nashville now on Nickelodeon, had Dennis the Menace, Looney Tunes, Dobby Gillis, Bewitched, Green Acres, Donna Reed. Uh, TBS Squeezer, the Superstation. That's, I, I, I was watching. I was watching Nick at Night there. You were probably watching fucking 
TGIF, dude. Uh, not if Dobie Gillis was on. Really? I don't even remember Dobie Gillis. Yeah. Uh, TBS The Superstation had Jefferson, Sanford and Son, High Plains Drifter, the 73 Clint Eastwood movie, and then, of course, mm -hmm. Braves at the San Diego Pod. There was a lot of baseball on the night. Wow. Uh, TNT had Bugs Bunny on, and then Westward, The Women, a 1951 picture. USA had Miami Vice and Murder, She Wrote, and then Golf, Kemper Open, second round. HBO had By Light, Tales from the Crypt, One Night Stand, Ghostbusters 2, and The Great Outdoors. Prism had the Phillies and the uh, Mets game, and then they played Bedazzled, the Peter Cook movie after that. Uh, Cinemax had Ghost Fever, and then uh, No Retreat, No Surrender 2, then No Mercy, Okay, so uh, again, reading listings is our one of our favorite things here on the Writers <laughs> Podcast. Uh, Disney had Who Framed Roger Rabbit, then Mother Goose, Rock and Rhyme, Ozzy and Harriet, then a movie Monkey Business. Uh, the Movie Channel had Punchline, Sally Field and Tom Hanks, Penitentiary Three, in case you saw one and two and was wondering how it went, and then they had Who Framed Roger Rabbit at eleven. Uh, what what channel was that? The Movie Channel. Movie channel. Oh, okay, it wasn't. Okay. Penitentiary is probably a real movie then. It was rated R. Leon Isaac Kennedy was in it. Oh. Showtime had Big Trouble in Little China with Kurt Russell. Ooh. Right. And then Boxing, Holyfield, McDonough. And then a movie, Cyborg, rated R. Now... The same uh, newspaper said, Fox sending Simpsons to face Cosby and adding 10 new series. Uh, so they're moving The Simpsons from Sundays at 8.30 to Thursdays at 8 p.m. Uh, I remember when they did that. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if I remember them moving it from Sunday to Thursday, but more Thursday back, back to, to Sunday. Back to Sunday, yeah. Fox also expanding America's Most Wanted to One Hour and moving it from Sundays to Fridays. Uh, I th I remember it for Saturday after Cops. My dad would watch yeah. Cops all the time, and then America's Most Wanted would come on. For cancellations include 21 Jump Street, the Tracy Ullman Show. Um, also announced... So here, the, the most notable new series is American Chronicles from Twin Peaks creator David Lynch and Mark Frost. Here are the ten newcomers. Babes, comedy, three... Portly sisters struggle to make ends meet in a cramped New York apartment. <laughs> can, can you say that? Yeah. Guess he could in 1990. <laughs> Class of Beverly Hills drama. An average Midwestern family relocates to Beverly Hills. Tim Hunter directs and Dallas native Aaron Spelling produces. DEA drama. Life and death. Battle the front lines of drug enforcement agency. Fox Video Hour, discover described as a new and exciting version of current video phenomenon. So I guess it was a ripoff of... America's Funniest yeah. Home Videos. American mm -hmm. Chronicles, drama, a breathtaking video novel of our country's most extraordinary people, places, and events. True Colors, uh, interracial newlyweds. He's black and has two sons from a previous marriage. She's white and has a teenage daughter and an opinionated mother played by Nancy Walker. Uh-oh, they all live in the same house. Uh, I guess that was groundbreaking in 1990. Yeah. 
Parker Lewis Can't Lose, comedy. Corin Nemec, exceptional in the NBC drama I Know My First Name is Steven, plays a high school's coolest kid. Uh, Get a Life, comedy. I remember the show. Chris Elliott, longtime goof and resident on a Late Night with Dave Leverman, plays a 30-year-old paperboy who lives with his, in his parents' garage. Good Grief, comedy. Brothers-in-law, undertakers, try to keep from killing each other over the family embalming business. Hmm. Against the Law. Michael O'Keefe plays an unpredictable, unorthodox, uncouth attorney. Oh, jeez. Can that sound any more unfun? Mm. But yeah, um, I always remember that's how. So, we- did any of the, any of those shows make it past the? I think Parker Lewis can't lose. I I've heard of before, and of course, got a life. Um. But that's it. Parker Lewis got three seasons. Yeah, I knew there was some. It was like a rip off of uh, uh, what's his name? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. A lot of like breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff. And... Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Gotcha. But that is my first pick. Here's yours, Squeezy. Alright, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a hawk daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Ah. Ah, yes. I it was the summer. It was such a cool summer because there was ice, ice, baby. His song went dun 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 da 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 da. Yeah, my my mine goes dun 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 da da dun dun. Later admitting, yes, I completely just sampled under pressure. Um, and apparently it it was uh. It wasn't until it became a big hit that uh, people took notice, which is usually the case. Right. And then magically, after a couple uh, infringement suits and whatnot, it was settled out of court. And now uh, Bowie and Queen uh, have songwriting credits on Ice Ice Baby, meaning they get a piece of the pie. Uh, like when you know we play it now, they'll get a... They get paid, right? Yes. Yes. Let's file our ASCAP something or other. ASCAP BMI. Yes. Um. So 1990. So yeah, I'm I'm seven now, and you know, like you start to discover things on your own, and so it was probably like around this time where you start to discover like popular popular music on your own like you had mom and dad's music we listened to what they did but it doesn't hurt that this was out there in the public and was like a big thing so you heard it right um it's not like it's not like oh i was seven and i'm going to clubs discovering my own music no you discover this on the radio and for a seven-year-old yeah this is the catchy that it's fun 
You know, it, it's got some, it sounds silly. You don't know what half the words are, what it's even about. But, like, coming up at a time with, like, Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer, like, that that was, like, my first introduction to, like, pop music, if you will, of, like, of that era. Like, stuff that was popular in, like, 87, 88. Like, I heard it. But I wasn't, like, making a tape of it. You were no. ahead of me. I still wasn't aware of popular music. Really? I was Even stuck this? in Catholic school. Yep. Oh. Then, then I took a backseat. Then I, then I did not, was not into popular music. Because I wasn't popular. So I'm like, I'm a poser if I listen to popular music, I guess. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's the song still is his biggest hit, um, as opposed to his other big hits like, um, um, what's that, uh, Ninja Rap? Well, yeah, I guess Ninja Rap is in there. I, I've next. done his show. He does two songs. He stretches Ice Ice Baby out for most of it, and he does Ninja Rap and calls it quits. Yep. Yeah. Did he do the, the metal version of Ice Ice Baby? I don't know. Oh. Because there, there is the... the Well, you you would know. You, does, does he, like, rap it like you heard just there, or does he, like, growl at, like, a thrash metal, like, Ice Ice Baby... I was like there, he's doing like a, uh... but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I cannot answer that for you. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, let's see, where are the charts in this thing? Your end. Oh, you just. In 2004, it peaked at number 11 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Ringtones. That was a thing. Is that still a thing? I I doubt it is, right? I think people kind of gave up on that, right? What? Ringtones? Ringtones? Yeah. Everyone has their phone on silent pretty much anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want it to make noise. Yeah. Maybe I should, because then you can actually get a hold of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it peaked on Hot 100. It it's number one. It peaked at number one in Zimbabwe. Uh, it peaked at number one on the Ultra Top 50 Flanders in Belgium. Uh, Australia, number one. Uh, where else? The Euro Charts. Ireland, the Netherlands. New Zealand. This song was. Um, it only it only peaked at fifteen in Italy. Um, and yeah, France as well, at nine and, and Canada. Canada, what the hell? Eleven. Come on. It couldn't even crack the top ten in Canada. You're right there. Like you can listen to our radio stations. You just turn your antennas south. But yeah, it was certified gold. Wait, it's only oh, it's digital sales. Oh, it was yeah, it was platinum in the U.S. and 
They count digital sales as something separate now, I see. Hmm. And only one gold in Canada. Only 50,000 sold. But that's for the single. I'm sure everyone went out and bought uh, To the Extreme when that came out. Mm, probably. Yeah. Let me see. Did Come on, Canada. Help me out here. Okay. That was just a single. Maybe they didn't get it there. Maybe they had to sneak it across the border. To the Extreme went six times platinum in Canada. Although in Canada, that's only 100,000 units to be considered platinum. Their exchange rate's a little different than ours. Well then, there you have it. Yeah. You just learned that the Canadian platinum exchange rate. It's almost a 10 to 1. Anywho. Anywho. Ice Ice Baby. Dun, 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 dun. Good thing I'm just reading now. I just saw an alert. Harper is probably rehabbing with the pigs next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be insane. We're, we're already pulling footage. Yeah, it's a good thing I uh, we were deciding if to put high school football. I go, I know that's your your instinct, but let's keep pigs on two. And then I was asked <laughs> why. I'm like, I'm pretty confident Harper's going to be there. Yeah. And yeah, we might have a few eyes on it. Sucking our guts. Sucking your guts, boys. We've got Harper. <laughs> Bryce Harper. All right. Uh, my second pick. We're only, what, in four hours into the show? Oh, boy. And But it's all it's been not as gold. Bad as I thought. It's 42.58. Or, or, or platinum in Canada. That, and I spent about 40 of those 42 minutes reading the television <laughs> listings from June 1st. Here's my second pick. Critics agree. Dick Tracy is this summer's must-see movie. Time magazine says Warren Beatty creates the best comic strip movie yet. It's great movie making. Gene Shalit proclaims Dick Tracy is a triumph, a visually stunning film that is a joy to behold. A lavishly eye-popping day-glow gangster movie hails Entertainment Weekly, and Siskel and Ebert proclaim Dick Tracy extraordinary and wonderfully original. Two thumbs up. Warren Beatty is Dick Tracy, rated PG, now playing at a theater near you. Now, there's no bigger movie for me in the summer of 1990 than Dick Tracy Squeezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it was for you, too. Loved it. Uh, so, th- back in uh, June, uh, in May, they were doing Be There First. At midnight, Thursday, June 14th, you can be the first to see Dick Tracy, the summer's most eagerly awaited motion picture event. That's when they used to premiere movies. They were giving a limited edition t-shirt is your ticket of admission for a guaranteed seat at the first showing of Dick Tracy at your local participating theater. T-shirt tickets now on sale at participating theaters near you. Quantity limited to theater seating capacity. And the the t-shirt literally had a ticket that said, admit admit one, Dick Tracy. Had him with the Tommy gun and whatnot. And that was uh, Tillman A and the Lehigh Valley Mall General Cinemas and the United Artists Trexertown that were doing that. Um, so uh, this movie was 
it was the hype from the 89 Batman movie caused like movies companies to lose their mind. Disney thought, oh, we're making a comic book movie, kind of. We're going to make a billion dollars too. Well, they didn't make a billion, but they made a lot of money. Um, we saw it at not only at uh, uh, Tillman 8 Squeezer, we also saw it at the Shank while I was driving. It was playing there with uh, Opportunity Knox, the Dave and Carvey movie. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we didn't so, stay for the second picture. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Roger Rabbit and Baby Herman and Roller Coaster Rabbit was attached to it. So they were doing that with a few. They did that. We talked earlier about um, uh, in '89 of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. They attached a Roger Rabbit short to that. They did it here too uh, with Dick Tracy. Uh, so I know we talked a whole show on Dick Tracy. So I tried to find something we didn't really talk about. Talk about the colors. This is a Vox. Uh, article about uh, Warren Beatty's like desperate attempt to make this movie, and um, he made the movie in the reds and greens, purple and yellows that uh, uh, newspaper publishers adopted in order to print color as cheaply as possible. Uh, but it cost a fortune because they didn't have uh, VFX that were like computer generated back then, so everything really much had to be matte paintings and practical squeezer. Yeah, and I think it for the better in the long run. Gorgeous movie, gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Because, uh. like, even though, like, you suspend the disbelief, you're like, okay, you know, you're watching a movie, and you, like, it's almost like you know you're looking at a painting, and you accept it, and it, it just you enjoy it. Like, you don't you don't want it to look as real as it possibly could. Right. The makeup done uh, for the Rogues Gallery is fucking incredible. Uh, <clears throat> again, these days it'd probably be computer generated. Back then, nope. It would be a mix. Like Vecna is a mix of CG practicals. But mm-hmm. this was all practicals. Uh, all the music that Breathless Mahoney sang was written by Stephen uh, Sondheim, who uh, was a Broadway composer famous for Company, Sweeney Todd, and Into the Woods. Um he uh, wrote Madonna's song she sang in the movie. Uh, people generally like them, too. Sondheim's music underscores some of the movie's best sequences. In general, when Beatty isn't woodenly reciting its dialogue, Dick Tracy gets much better. Oh, come on. That was it's the kind of... Tra- it's yeah, supposed to the, be. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. All the stars that were in it. Al Pacino, Kathy Bates, Warren Beatty, Madonna, Dustin Hoffman playing Mumbles. Big boy did it. Yeah, Merg did it. did it. Um, Charles Durning, Dick Van Dyke, James Caan. My God, so many people in this movie. Uh, and it's violent. And there's Tommy Gunn right in the fucking picture, the, the poster. Um... The Kid, uh, Tess Trueheart. I mean, this movie's great. Uh, Warren Beatty tried to get Steven Spielberg, John Landis, Walter Hill, and Martin Scorsese to direct this movie until he finally did it himself. Scorsese was floundering, too, because he did Last Temptation of Christ and no one wanted to watch it. 
But then I and, and he passed on this and did a little movie called Goodfellas, so he turned out all right. Yeah, I think he was okay. It's only like the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, it kind of underperformed, but um, you know, it it did all right. But they just, you know, it wasn't Batman. <laughs> no, to me, it was. I was obsessed with it. Oh yeah, I had to, and I was know. still obsessed with Batman. But then in two thousand nine, and I never knew this. Uh, Warren Beatty recruited Leonard Malton and two-time Oscar-winning cinematographer Emmanuel Lebeski to shoot a half-hour television special that would later air on Turner Classic Movies. The program features Malton earnestly reciting a bunch of facts about Dick Tracy, while Beatty occasionally interjects in character as Tracy. Uh, I, I found it on YouTube. I was watching it. It was from 2009. And he did this just... To keep the rights to Dick Tracy and do a sequel. Oh. Um, a judge ruled that he proved that he had a vested interest in continuing to make movies with the character. Uh, he continues to hold the rights for all future Dick Tracy movies. And Tribune Media, which owns a comic strip, does no longer have the rights. So. Huh. So he bought them out like his Warren Beatty LLC. Whatever their production wing is. He yeah. has the rights. Huh. And, Actually, yeah. Let me and Al Pacino Warren... as Big Boy doesn't get any better. Oh, it's fucking... It's Because it's so over the top. Right. It's... But it has to be. You know, if you tried playing all those characters straight, Um, that's what makes it memorable. Yeah. So great uh, looking movie. I gotta. I haven't watched it in a long time. I gotta go back and watch Dick Tracy. Got to be on my list of things to do. Um, that's it. Nineteen ninety, Dick Tracy. I mean, we you, you we don't talk. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which came out in the spring, but still dominated a lot of the summer. But this came out in technically spring, too, because it came out June 14th. But I'll call it <laughs> social summer. Squeezer. But then it's out all summer. It like, I didn't, I back then, I didn't see movies opening weekend. No, no, you did, rarely did. Here's your next pick. Look, it's a little fish. What? Come see. <laughs> oh, there it is over there. So it is. Hello, little fish. <laughs> oh, it's gone away. You scared it. I only said hello. Oh, well, it'll come back. Sorry. Oh, if little Tommy Tittlemouse was here, he'd try and catch it. Mm. Little Tittle who? Little Tommy Tittlemouse lived in a little house. He caught fishes in other men's ditches. Have I told you Tommy's story? No. Well, if you like. I'll tell it now. Oh, yes. yes. Once upon a time. The fuck is this? Ah, <laughs> uh, creepy-ass Muppet shit. Did I... Uh, did I talk about this earlier? This show? Did I glance over in my TV list? No, no. I think that was something slightly different you had mentioned. Okay, what was this? Uh, this was Jim Henson's Mother Goose Stories. What did I mention? I forgot. It was Mother Goose something. Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. That yeah, was a movie. So. Okay. Yeah, this was this was a series that 
ended up lasting three seasons. Well, th- uh, well, shorter seasons because you know production like you know, it's, it's not a sitcom. It requires ah, fuck you, Adobe, go away. Um, so yeah, this was a Jim Henson uh, production. It was a combination. It was a team up between uh, Jim Henson Productions and Television Southwest. In the Wales. Uh, so it originally aired um, in the UK from 88 to 90. And uh, then they were looking, and it, you could tell because it's kind of creepy. And everything that comes, any British television is creepy. Um, and then they were looking, they were shopping around and trying to find a home for it uh, back here in the States, as they say. And uh, no one really wanted to touch it. Um, it was, I don't know, it was having, uh, the demographic wasn't quite there. Like, it wasn't, like, kid, like, Saturday morning cartoon kind of thing, because they weren't selling anything, so no one was interested in it. It wasn't, like, a line of toys that you were going to get you know, out of this, because it's Muppets uh, reciting um, uh, fairy tales. And um, it's done in the same um, art style as um, the book from that that Mother Goose and Prose book. Like, if you see like the book, like Mother Goose or whatever, uh, by Frank Baum, like that artwork, they based it like the character is off of that. So you have. Muppets that are based off of characters that were drawn in the 1800s. Hmm. Isn't that exciting? Nope. Um, anywho, uh, there was a channel out there that you had mentioned before that you had to pay for that was looking for programming that would fit in just well with a bunch of other creepy characters and costumes on that channel. Uh, and that would be the Disney Channel. So this started running on Disney, or the Disney Channel to become Disney for another couple of years, on Disney Channel starting in August of 1990. And we weren't a wealthy family, and uh, my dad didn't work for the cable company, but my dad did steal cable ah, from the cable company. Not ours. So, not our, not yours, no. Uh and it wasn't so much stealing as in just not letting them know that they didn't connect, disconnect the previous uh, family that had... When they got the house, um, they never like disconnected the line. And so we just had free cable. And it was like full everything. Um, well, not, not everything. Like We had like Disney and all that. Uh, and I think HBO, because we used to watch Babar. Um, Ugh, that's right. But there's... An, there's no scrambly. Sin- I I used to watch, uh, look for. Uh, well, actually, no, that might have been after the fact, because then eventually one day they came knocking at the door. They're like, "Hi, um, you've been uh, not paying for cable for the last ten years, um, so you owe us this much in uh back uh, pay." My dad's like, uh. No, you didn't turn it off. It's not on me to tell you, hey, come turn this thing off. It's like, well, we don't. We're going to disconnect your cable. He goes, okay. 
And then he called you guys. Uh-huh. And uh, that was that. Then that was the end of Disney. Until 1996 or 7 yeah, when it went uh, basic. Yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my uh, cable TV story. That's how I first saw uh, Police Academy. It was on. And I remember sitting there Wait. watching boobies uh, when they go to the uh, the party. Oh, not on Disney though, right? No, not on Disney. Uh, was it Disney? No, it was on HBO. Yeah, I remember. Uh, that was one of my first boobies scenes. That and Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my mom walked in, and I had to pretend like, Oh, Mommy, this is terrible. Please turn it off. My dad did the old, Cover your eyes, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah, so they um, they actually put a lot. There's a lot of production value in this. It's, it's Henson, after all. And it's mixed in with, like, live-action kids. Uh, dressed up in like uh, old timey outfits, and uh, Mother Goose tells her chicks uh, fair, uh, uh, nursery rhymes um, for the most part. Some of them they made a few original stories for themselves. Um, but where, where it gets really creepy is the the humanoid um, Muppets. So it's kind of like a even grumpier. More uh, Uncanny Valley, uh, Statler and Waldorf kind of thing mm-hmm. um, of these characters. So, um, yeah, season one, you had uh, 13 episodes. Yeah, they were each season had 13 episodes in 90, 91, 92 um, before they pulled the plug on it. But what's interesting is, like, you see the difference in production. And this was also um, uh, Brian Henson's uh, first shots at taking charge because this is actually their first production after jim died Mm. uh because he had died actually earlier that summer i think he was on was he on arsenio i I don't i think he went on arsenio and like two weeks later he passed away Mm. and that was like in the in the in like june or something and then uh they started production on this uh, and then at the same time, they're developing dinosaurs. Uh, so it's this is more traditional, like Muppet style, um, but also like part of the like charm of the Muppets is the silliness of it. Right. Where this is more of a very kind of <sighs> more straight telling. It, it doesn't have that mupp- same Muppet charm, but the characters are. They're kind of cute, but then then that same kind of like welcome to Pooh's corner kind of creepy factor at the same time. Not that creepy, but it's a little off. But the humanoid ones are a little off-putting, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. But Great. yeah, and even I was a little old to be watching it, but it was something different, and it was TV, so I watched it. All right, well, um, that's fair enough. What, uh, what do we got? My next pick? Oh, this one's. You thought reading off, um, television listings was classic rat ears. You know what I got next for you, Squeezer? <laughs> Restaurant ads. Ooh. 
You know, Wendy's Super Bar is great for families because there's something for everyone. Like our fresh salads from our garden spot, Mexican food, including do-it-yourself tacos, and delicious pasta with your choice of sauce. There's even dessert. And you can come back as often as you like. Plus, right now our Super Bar is an even better value. Because every day after 4 p.m., Wendy's all-you-can-eat and drink Super Bar is just $3.99. Gee, it must be 4 o'clock. So when my family went out to eat, it usually was at Wendy's and, I'd get, you know, you get the Super Bar kids meal, which was like $2 squeezer. Hmm. But I definitely ate less than $2 worth of food. <laughs> but um, I thought it would be fun to go through and I pulled a bunch of restaurant ads from ni- summer of 1990 and see what they're serving, Squeeze. Do you want to go through some with me? I, I do, Yes. I am kind of hungry right now. So, the Black Forest Chalet, which was um, 2851 South Pike Avenue, Route 309 South Mountain, Allentown, which I believe is over in the South Side, Squeezer? Uh, I, I doubt it exists anymore. What's the address? 2851 South Pike Avenue. South Pike. Hmm. I'm pulling it right up right now. I'll tell you where it is. This is what people find interesting. Right now. Yeah, it's right right up by FMZ. Okay. Right down the road. So they, Squeezer, they were, uh, now it's, uh, I don't know what it is now. Now it's nothing. Now it's an empty building. But uh, yeah, it's an empty building. Oh, it looks nice. I think FMZ might own it now. But um, they were serving monkfish. They still have the, they still have the salad bar? <laughs> we'll find out. There's a, there was a lot of seafood back then. They're serving monkfish, thirteen ninety-five, Cajun catfish, thirteen seventy-five, and chicken marsala, fourteen twenty-five. Three banquet rooms, two dance floors. Open Sunday, twelve to eight. Lunch served Tuesday through Friday, eleven to two. Dinner served Tuesday. Oh, okay, we don't need to know that. Remember Waltz? Uh, where was that? I never remember it, but it's where the Wawa is on Airport Road and Union Boulevard. Oh no, I did not go. No, we didn't go over there either. No. All right, what about the Broad Street Saloon? Fifth and Broad Street's in a mess. Lois and Butch Merritt's Broad Street Saloon. The Old Lobster House, it's called. Try our famous... That is... Uh, oh, what the hell is that now? Is that Volpe's? Is it? I don't know. Mass Volpe's? Try our famous and May Steak Sandwich. Uh, they had sautéed soft-shell crabs, thirteen ninety-five. Prime rib, thirteen ninety five. 27-item soup and salad bar squeezer. Ooh, now right. we're talking. Oh, oh, we know this guy. Catasauqua Firefighters Carnival from June 19th to 23rd, 1990 in Race Street Training Grounds, Catasauqua. Rides, games, food. Entertainment nightly. Tuesday night was Holiday Sounds by DJ Tony Hodge. Also, our electrician. 
Crazy Willie and the Country Rangers was there Thursday night, Squeezer. Ooh, oh, that had to been crazy. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's Volpe's now. Now it is Volpe's. So the Hellertown Hotel had a Father's Day special. Stuffed breast of chicken, 1025. Sautéed soft-shell crab. A lot of soft-shell crabs. Hmm. Uh, 1075 veal scallopini 1150 uh, and their monday special was stuffed lobster their tuesday special was scallop specials well we are an inland valley known for our seafood all right um house of strawberries which is a walkable to my house 309 and snowdrift road you know it's right you know i think it's called uh Oh crap! I don't, mag- uh, I don't know what it's called now. But it's magnolias. Right- it was magn. It's close. Is no, it it's not magno- right It's now? not magnolias. House of Strawberries was something else. Magnolias was something else. Oh, oh, the apple place. Thing? Yes, the the orchard. Randall's orchard. on the Randall's on the orchard is what it's called okay. now. House of- oh, so that was something before. Yes, it was House of Strawberries. Okay. I like Magnolias. That was a fun bar. Magnolias was different. It's down yeah, the road. Yeah, I know. It was right around the corner, though. Yeah. You well, felt not... classy going in there. Yeah, it was a really nice place. Uh, Friday and Saturday dinner specials. Blackened, blackened Cajun breast of chicken, nine ninety five squeezer. Broiled Norwegian salmon with Grand, Ma- Ma- Grand Marnay sauce. Ooh. Uh, sautéed veal and shrimp scampi and prime rib au jus. Ooh. The Parkland Restaurant, which was right by my house growing up, uh, 27th and Walbert. We'd go there, uh, like when I would like stay up all night when I was in high school, we'd go there in the summers in the morning for breakfast. And they had an arcade game that was like Cabal, the NES game, but it was like set in the Wild Wild West. And we played oh, it all fine. the time. Uh, their weekend, Father's Day specials were Surf and Turf, Filet Mignon, and Lobster Tail for twelve ninety five. Broiled crab patties. Half roasted duckling. I feel like the world used to eat better than we do now. Yeah, what the hell? Like har- they, they just eat all this rich food back then. Yeah, we have to. I have to go to like some fancy. If I want to get like roast, I'm gonna go up in the city view and go. Excuse me, can I have your roast duck, please? Half roast duckling, please. <laughs> your broiled New York strip steak. No broil food anymore, right? No, I don't think so. Um, we just microwave it. Yeah. Uh, I got more. Um, there was uh, Celebrations Restaurant and Bar Squeezer. It was in Union 2204-06 Union Boulevard in Allentown. They had prime yeah, we rib. did not head out that way. Yeah, prime rib, nine ninety five. Shrimp stir fry over rice, nine ninety five. Chicken friend, quesa, eight ninety five. Uh, did you ever go to Joe Gentile Seafood Shanty, which looks like it was kind of a uh, a uh, chain? It was it? Oh, it wasn't the shanty. No. I don't know where this was. Yeah. There were a lot of seafood places. Walbert's Hotel, which is now PJ's on the Walbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, specializing in homestyle PA Dutch cooking. Shrimp stuffed with crab meat. <laughs> the hell? Broiled New York strip steak. 
You know what the Pine Pine Tree Tavern is on 14th and Minor Streets in a Mass? Uh, I'm trying to think where Minor Street is. They were serving clams by the dozen, Squeezer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bro- broiled scallops, southern fried chicken, and haddock stuffed with crab. Whoa. The Fogosville Hotel, which is still there, the hops at Fogosville. They had scallop stir-fry and flounder cooper. It was all seafood. Staley's Cellaret, which we went over their modern menu now. They had shrimp scampi, broiled stuffed flounder, black gold or Cajun sirloin steak, and a T-bone steak they were offering. See, I never go down this way. That, that That's back by the park. Yule's Oyster House is still there. That's a seafood place. It's always been a seafood place. Yeah. Took Mrs. Squeezer there once, trying to impress her. Oh, did it work? Yeah. Well, we're married. Got two kids. Does it work? Oh, man. Collins, fine dining in a casual setting. At 1406 Center Street, Bethlehem. Down by Liberty, I guess. There's another seafood fucking... I don't know. Tell us your seafood restaurant stories. <laughs> um, Seriously, though, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, food used to be good. Everything, everything now is just like bar food, no matter where you go. It's all some sort of buffalo chicken wrap. That's it. Yep. And the variations yeah. on that. Yep. If you want a burger, their specialty burger is we just pile crap on top of it. Right. We make it super messy. Here's some onion rings. There used to be this place called Lord Barrington's Airport Road North, and their uh, live Maine lobster or clam bake, eight ninety five. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, parents ate like kings. Hmm. Um. The Winding Brook Squeezer that was in Whitehall. Three. Six. Yeah, we would. Yeah, we would. Uh, that was a big reception hall. Like I was at a ton of weddings and shit there. The ultimate banquet in Canning. Where was this? Um, it's right across. I think it's still there. Uh, do you know where the what the hell is that? Is that a Weiss up there now or a Giant? Oh, the Weiss. Uh, you go go past Planet Trog. Yeah. And at the next light, it's on your right, across in the grocery store. If you hit the sheets, you went too far. Okay, so yeah, I think I pass it. If, if you if you make a right, trail. you go to my friend Victor's house. Oh no, the building's helps, still there. Helps. It's completely empty and yeah. decrepit. It's right across from the Dunkin' Donuts that Meredith Dad owns. No, that's what it looked like when we used to go to receptions there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was very old timey. Like it, when you went in there, it felt like you. were Oh in a yeah, scene I've of seen this place, the Winding Brook. Yes, yes. I I probably it's still there, like, but I don't think it's an operation. No, it, it's one of those like if you made a list of all like the of all the places you went to, like all the places you were dragged to as a kid after a various church function of some kind, mm-hmm. whether it be a wedding, a funeral, or God knows, like it was always there. Well, uh, I never was there, Squeezer, so... It was a big copley thing. 
Yeah, I, I, I walk past it constantly when we're doing the rail trail. Yep. Eric from Texas has, I don't know, if, I can't remember. I think he did the spur, so he might have missed it. Yeah, it's right across. Meredith's dad owns that Dunkin' Donuts, I think, across the street. Okay. Uh, a more, um, more, uh, the early American. I haven't thought about that place in a while. The early American restaurant squeezer in Howardtown Road in Catasauqua. They're serving fresh stuffed flounder, fresh Cajun catfish, and Cajun rock shrimp. I swear to God, every single ad is. Is that the Blue Monkey? I. It's one two nine dash one three one Howardtown Road. Let me see. You could probably find it quicker than me. I already got my map up. All right, here it is. No, it's down a bit. It is nothing. Colonial House Restaurant. It used to be called the Early American Restaurant. Huh. It's permanently closed. Oh. Just like the monkey. Oh, the monkey's closed too? Yeah. Do you remember a place called Jay's Steak Squeezer? <laughs> Do I know a place called Jay Steaks? There's one. Mine is, mine is now a. Uh, I think it's a tire shop. There's one on Airport to... Road. What's that? There's one on Airport Road. Oh well, we used to go to the one on MacArthur Road, right next to McDonald's. Oh. Uh, you know where that co- there's McDonald's yep, and yep. then there's like uh, there's Taco Bell, McDonald's, and then a tire shop. The tire shop, and right. then there's like two. Like little businesses attached to that tire shop. I think they sell like prom dresses in the one, but yeah, Jay's used to be in there. Um, even 1760 House, which still exists, it's down by your house now. Ah, uh, we were just there last week. There's broiled stuffed Flanders on the fucking. Oh no! I had a cheesesteak. They have a uh, grilled chicken breast Dijon, New York strip steak. Prime rib of beef au jus and broiled a broiled stuffed flounder. It must have been like the late eighties, nineties. Like, what was with the seafood? Oh, what was the Buckeye doing? I don't know if I have any Buckeye. Uh, uh, what are they doing now? Roy Rogers had yes um, an ad. They were uh, ninety nine cents for a quarter pound hamburger. One ninety nine two piece chicken with a biscuit and buy one get one free regular roast beef. Now you're talking. See that that's the hotel Bethlehem. Now it's some barbecue place that doesn't leave you alone. Oh, is that where the Roy Rogers was? It was Roy Rogers. Then after that, it became the uh, Boston Market. Boston Market, yeah. Yeah, now it's that barbecue place. West End Diner, Squeezer. 1802 Tillman Street. I wonder what that is now. That's down by me. 1802. Actually, that's not down by me. That's 19th Street. Oh, that's probably the... That's still there. I think. Oh, yeah. It just, sh- know- it just shut down. Oh, really? It was Nick's. Oh, okay. Nick's just shut down, yeah. They were broiled filet of fish of Haddock. Tough. Broiled Imperial <laughs> crab cakes, fresh lump crab. 
Seafood feast. What the hell? Or is it just that they realized that none of this was actually real seafood and like the FDA stepped in? I don't know. The great, every, the 15 minutes from Allentown, the Greystone in Shimersville. Uh, Friday, broiled shrimp and scallops, 1095. Saturday, baked swordfish with Dijon sauce, 1095. What? <laughs> Kearns, which is now Stooges. Fresh, uh-huh. fr- their lunch specials, fresh filet of haddock, mashed potatoes, St. Tom, whatever that is, 595. Baked smoked sausage, 425. Red snapper stuffed with crab meat, 795. Sautéed fresh soft-shell crab, 10.95. Broiled fresh deep-sea scallop squeezer. Is it? This is like a Cold War thing back then. It's like the, just treat every day like it's your last meal and have lobster. Because you never know when the nukes are going to go off. Maybe. But for real, that, that's insane. Like everywhere you go. And now like you look at these menus and everything, it's just the same... It's it's a damn bar food. chicken Caesar salad, cheeseburger, and buffalo chicken wrap. Yep. It doesn't matter where you go. It's the exact same menu. Mm-hmm. Well, that was eating out in 1990, summer of 1990, Squeezer. Here is your next pick. We're at Pinecrest. <laughs> well, hey, Sue, the T-Rex is back at the Discovery Center of Idaho. A new exhibit opens tomorrow featuring the most complete Tyrannosaurus Rex ever discovered. And we got a sneak peek. Sue was first found in 1990 and measures about 40 feet from snout to tail. How would you like to be chased by that? <laughs> the skeleton now includes scientific <laughs> updates, uh, just including an extra set of bones, muscles, and skin. This exhibition is really about Sue's world. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to step into Sue's world. You're going to see Sue fully fleshed out um, after a hunt, right about to have dinner. And all around Sue, what you're going to find is uh, what was in the forest. We're going to learn all about forest life during that 67 million years ago in North America. Quite the backdrop there with Sue's snack hanging out of the mouth, huh? (laughs) Visitors can see Sue starting tomorrow, and she'll be here all summer long through Labor Day. Very exciting. Love that. Love that. That is accurate. So if those are your news talking people. Very uh, exciting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If if those are your prompter jockeys and you recognize them, then yeah, you can go see that Sue exhibit through Labor Day. Hmm. It's not the real thing, because the real thing is in uh, Chicago. Uh, Chicago! But, uh, yeah, you could go see the other Sue. Uh, it's funny that her name was Sue. Get it? Because they sued. Hmm. A lot. Yeah, it was a messy thing. Uh, but it got my imagination going as a kid. Um... All the all the drama and federal government nonsense. I don't I remember any of this so i don't remember all the lawsuits until like i was no any of this like literally any of this oh i because i would get i would love like the zoo books or anytime like i could find like a dinosaur like fossil book or anything uh i was enamored by it and then uh we went down to like the philadelphia natural history museum or whatever the hell it is and i'd see dinosaurs and uh, Dennis the Menace, Dinosaur Hunter was my favorite movie up until Jurassic Park came out, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, like, whenever, because, like, then, like, they would have, like, on the news, 
they would have like stories on about dinosaurs. Like, oh, this is awesome. This is the kind of stuff I can get behind. Uh, but yeah, in 1990, they found Sue up in the Black Hills, uh, discovered by uh, Sue Hendrickson. That's why it's called Sue. But then, like, some shenanigans ensued. See what I did there again? Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who owns the land, who signed off on them to dig it up and was paid for it, then said, no, he was only paid for you guys to dig it up, and then basically you guys get to pay me to dig it up for me kind of thing. It was weird. But it's also the Black Hills, so it's also government land. Then the FBI came in and took it all and filed a whole bunch of shenanigan charges. And it was just a big hullabaloo. Um, hullabaloo, huh? A big hullabaloo. Uh, it went to auction and then sold for $8 million and then was from there donated to the Field Museum in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, where uh, it's, uh, it's uh, where she is now. Uh, she's not the biggest anymore. Now you got Stan, who's bigger. But Sue's got a more interesting story. Um, there's actually a lot of like really good documentaries. And really bad ones, too. But even the bad ones are fun to watch because they're dinosaur documentaries. Um, about not just her, but like the lawsuit stuff. But also her. like It was a sad... Like, they're like, it is a miserable life for any creature or animal. I guess she had, like, a jaw infection. And because of that, she couldn't really eat or drink. And it was just an absolute pain. And basically just starved to death. And the reason why she was so well-preserved and they were able to find, like, 90% of her was because as she died, she was just covered in mud in the process. And, like, instantly preserved. So, yeah, just... And and then to be like and then sixty five million years later have your corpse be just like fought over back and forth between native tribes scientists and the federal government just a miserable existence. But you know Sue Sue inspired a little seven year old squeezer to want to be a paleontologist one day. Speaking of inspiring and now I little squeezer, don't leave that dream. We didn't bring it up. How no. awesome is the Wednesday trailer? Mm. I didn't see a trailer yet. Oh, yeah. They released a trailer. Really when? good. I don't know. I saw it today. I don't know when they released it. Uh, see, I was uh, two weeks. But, oh, off the watch. Oh, that, this is going to look awesome. Uh, I I did see like photos of uh, the family and stuff. Yeah, Luis Luis Guzman as Gomez. Gomez, I love it. Um, Yeah, I I actually had I had to go like internet dark for a day or two because I didn't. I fell like a whole week behind on the uh, my Westworld. Not that the internet really gives a damn about it, because most people have given up on it, Mm -hmm. but. I'm still invested. It was better than the previous season. Just a little heavy-handed at times. Never got into it, but yeah. that being said... But uh, it was a brilliant season finale because it set up uh, season five, if you want it. But at the same time, it functions as a great series finale as well. Oh. It's like they knew exactly what they were doing. Well then, yeah. 
All right, I guess we're on to my next pick. Are you still got yes. stuff with Sue? Uh, no, no, I gotta just go through this so I can watch this Wednesday item trailer. Think of all the mature, responsible things you could be doing. Helping old ladies cross the street, proudly maintaining your yard, hanging with your folks, or cleaning your room. But get real. You'd rather be playing video games. You can rent them from Blockbuster. They've got more of the coolest new Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis games for rent than anyone in the world. So dudes, why not get your games from Blockbuster? It's the mature thing to do. It's the mature thing to do. Um... 1990, we, our Blockbuster came, uh, I, I think it was like 88 or 89, Squeezer. Yours, yeah. Yours came earlier, the MacArthur Road one, I believe. Mm, I can't remember. Ours. I remember it. I, I don't know. It couldn't have been that early because I do remember it coming in because we always went to the little mom and pop place that's now a Pella Windows. Hmm. Uh, anyway. When they started renting Nintendo games, Game Changer, because we just got our Nintendo the year prior. Ooh. Uh, I remember renting specifically, my sister renting Barbie a hundred times and mm. making us play it for her while she watched. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she was ahead of her time. She was like the Twitch streaming before it was a thing. Right. We'd rent... Um, I remember the one cool game we rented was Little Ninja Brothers. Um, it was like an RPG. It was like my first like sense of RPG, and it blew my mind. Um, my brother and I would just like talk about it constantly, and like offer each other sweet rolls because that was like the food that they got. You got a sweet roll. Hmm. So it came out in 1990 in the United States, and uh, we rented this and played it fucking constantly um i probably should go back and fucking play Lin little ninja brothers i haven't played it in forever uh but chris and i were like obsessed with this game we read a wcw wrestling a lot and that was actually really fun and it was like weird because at the time like um you know the road warriors are now in wwf as the legion of doom mm-hmm And you could play two-player. Oh, my God. This game was so much fun. <laughs> oh, the music, too. It all just takes me right back. And it's crazy how, like, I have so many fond memories of a game we just rented a few times. You know, we didn't even own it. Sometimes those are the yeah. games you remember the most, you know? Well, it's like, and you'd rent the same ones, like, a couple times. Like, I remember I would always rent, uh, like, Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, Jurassic rented Park. Jurassic Park Rampage Edition. Even though I had like Jurassic Park for Genesis, I would rent the Rampage Edition, which was just we rented Jurassic Park for NES all the time, and we had so much fun playing it. Like we'd sit up all night playing it. We rented t the Tick for uh, Super Nintendo, but that was later. But I'm talking like this summer. We probably rented Micro Machines. Oh my God, Micro Machines a thousand times. Um. But I remember. Yeah, would this it surprise you? I wasn't really allowed to rent games because they cost more, and you already own a video game. Yeah, I'm surprised. My parents were cheap, but they let us rent video games. I guess it was cheaper than buying them. And you had that, like that was like your entertainment for the weekend. If you rented us a, a fucking piece of shit, you rented like a bomb. You were fucked. 
You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. had to keep playing that game all weekend because that was yeah. your that was your entertain that five dollars was your entertainment budget for that weekend, and they expected you to be entertained that entire weekend with it. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of NES games that I just remember renting. Jurassic Park we played constantly. We never owned it though. <laughs> Me and my friend Matt, we just we rent it. <laughs> but that wasn't until like. Fuck, that was Nintendo in 1993. We were still playing Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, and I got my... But this Little Ninja Brothers was probably that summer. I just remember Chris and I being completely obsessed with it. I never played a fucking RPG before, and the whole idea behind it blew my mind. And then, later on, Matt and I got... We bought uh, Final Fantasy from KB for, like, $10. We each bought a copy because it was like one of those liquidated games. Mm-hmm. Ah, and then full obsession with Final Fantasy, with the Final Fantasy guidebook, at Final, just staying up all night playing Final Fantasy, being completely obsessed with it. And then, obviously, of course, Legend of Zelda, uh, Link's, uh, the second one, Link's Awake, not Link's Awakening. Um, we p- would get Link's Awakening from Game Boy, but um, Adventures of Link, which is like a combo RPG side-scroller. So, yeah. But it all started my whole uh, venture into RPGs with Little Ninja Brothers Squeezer. Hmm. Renting from Blockbuster. All right. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Bless you. Gesundheit. <coughs> Bless you. All right. Here is your next pick. I'm going back to 1885, and I'm bringing you home. Welcome to the rousing conclusion of Back to the Future. Doc's trapped in the past. What kind of a future do you call that? And there's only one man who can save him. What's your name, dude? Clint Eastwood. What kind of stupid name is that? Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis present Back to the Future Part 3. Where'd you learn to shoot like this? 7-Eleven. Rated PG. Starts Friday, May 25th at theaters everywhere. Now, this is my least favorite. We've talked about this before, though. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it always changes back and forth. I don't know. The thing is, I, 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 you know me, I love my westerns, but it's not nearly as much as a time travel movie as the other ones. In fact, that's why I kind of really like two because it's a lot of time travel. Right. You know, uh, this one, it's like you travel back in time and now you're back there. So it's basically a western until the end where they, you know, do the train shit. But up in everything in between, it's a western. Sorry, bubbles. Now, you could say, uh, Squeezer, this came out in May, uh, which is spring, not, not summer. I'm like, yes, but I saw this at the Roxy with my aunt. So by the time I got to the Roxy, it was summer. So that's how I that's how I count it. That and Mr. Rogers. There's no rules. There is no rules. Uh no. Uh but it, it's still even though it, it's not the time travel movie per se, it's still back to the future and it's a dignified ending to the movie or to the, the franchise and that like they planned it. You know, they shot them together. Um but I don't know, I just I like Back to the Future and uh 
I do remember like seeing it in the theater at the Roxy and the sticky floors and the popcorn. And it's like, it's one of those like classic, like old timey theaters, like with the Art Deco and all that. And they go in there, and it feels, I don't know, it's just it, that that feeling that you get. You you don't get that feeling when you go into a movie tavern, mm-hmm. which in my case is frustration and irritation. Mm-hmm. Just want to get a damn popcorn. Um, man, if they had beer in there, ooh, and more. Com- no, no, you couldn't change it. You can't have more comfy chairs. You got to sit in the same. That's why I like uh, Shankwathers. You bring your own beer. You bring your own yeah. chair. It's <laughs> whatever you want. It's fucking awesome. I I would bring my own old timey chair from uh, the Roxy. You would sit there all stiff backed, <laughs> just for the nostalgic feel of it. <laughs> yeah, for the nostalgic purpose. I, I definitely just, wouldn't put that past you. Yeah, l- lay down a, a tarp with epoxy on it so my feet stick to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's. Um, we've talked Back to the Future three before. I'm not gonna get into like just reading off a bunch of all the fun little knickknacks and doodads that come with it but it was more about uh that that summer and it was uh trying to think when the game came out that that was a game i rented i remember that game was awful yeah back to future three or just back to the future uh back to future three Uh, it was tough if i recall um that was the other problem like with renting a game if you didn't pick up on it, like there were sometimes there were games you bought and you played it a bit and it was hard and you kind of gave up and went back to the ones you already had. And then you pick it up later and then you're like, oh, you figure it out and learn it. Like it, there was that learning curve. If you didn't pick it up in that week, you were stuck with a game that was just kicking your ass. I'm looking at you, Metal Gear. Yeah. Dogs. But yeah. Back to Future 3. Alright, here is... <laughs> my help. My last... I think, right? Yeah, my last pick. Ah, that's Jimmy Stir stolen from us, our ah. clip on YouTube. But it's ah. because Jimmy Stir would sometimes play in the basement of our church with a bar in it for our church festival that happened right Yay. probably on the same time as the end of last weekend of Music Fest every year. It's like party didn't stop. It's like well, we never went to Music Fest as kids. I yeah, Music Fest was not a thing we did. Ah. Uh we. When occasionally. Uh, no. So our church festival was like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it was like the f- seeing your friends and school starts in like another two or three weeks, Squeezer. Um, the basement of where you, where you eat your lunch every day, the basement of the school is, is Attic Treasure. So it's like a big yard sale. Mm-hmm. 
um, of stuff donated to the church. So they're selling it. So you could get like super treasures. Like I'd always, you're, and then like at the end, they'd have like a 50 cent bag deal at the last day. Your dad had to convince you not to bring more trash home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just stuff that they donated to the church that you just bought back. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so you go in the grounds. They'd have the the beer the beer truck there, of course, because we're talking Catholics here. Uh-huh. And we're talking Catholics that have the gambling wheel and pick a number. Um, the number wheel. There was the Coke cart with the hot dogs and the pierogies and everything. Uh, then like the other various, the funnel cake tent, um, you know, the front, all the tents with the fried food right along, along the school there. And then Mm -hmm. the game tents were in the back, the basketball, you know, all the, all the the game tents were up the side and everything. Um, and then the basement, they'd have like, uh, bands playing on the stage of the church basement. The bar was open. The... Uh, kitchen was open. They'd be making food down there, and they'd have like a waffle bar with ice cream down there. You get a, a waffle Ooh. sandwich, yeah. And then they'd have like the baskets you could bid on. You know the the tricky tray baskets. But this was like the big festival to end the summer for us, Squeezer. Yeah, I'm trying to think when St. Peter's was. It was the St. Francis of Assisi Church Festival. They were always fun. Yeah, it was always what you look forward to the most. And then my dad, brother, and I would, he, my dad would do a, uh, a volunteer shift for security and we get to stay up all night with him and do security. Oh, that's, oh, like the overnight security, like make sure no one messed yeah, with anything? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that was always like my favorite night of the year. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, we got to do that, and uh, that was it. That was the summer. That was my summer of 1990, summed up in five picks, Squeezer. That's a good summer. Here is your last pick to round out our year. Mario, 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 He's back. All you had to do was ask Super Mario Brothers 3 from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. Now you're playing with power. <laughs> um, now we're playing with Super Mario Brothers 3. Final. My God, that game defined 1990 for me. Yeah. Enti- not just the summer. It defined the entire fucking year. Yeah. Like it, it changed. It was a game changer. It's like, oh, this is what a game can be. This is what a Mario Brothers game could be. It was so. Yeah. I remember we were in. So my neighbor down the hall, like, like that was the summer, like prior to something. We like we met. My brother and I met this kid down the street, Vincent, and he had this like little clubhouse, but he had this awesome basement with Nintendo, and he had Spy versus Spy, and I always wanted to play it, and it was an awful game, but he had like these cool Nintendo games that we didn't have, and it was all about Nintendo. And he also got Mario Brothers 3 in like April as opposed to we got it probably around when you did for our joint birth. It was our joint birthday present. 
in uh, July, but mm-hmm. that winter on pay-per-view was The Wizard, um, and we watched it over and over and over, and the secret game was Super Mario Brothers 3, and of course, we freaked out, and we were so excited, and I remember we, we'd play it in Vincent's basement, and when he'd jump off the uh, starship after he got the 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 scepter, mm-hmm. not the starship, the the Koopa ship, airship. The airship. Yep, and he'd fall through the clouds. We'd like pause it to be like, "Look at the graphics." <laughs> we just thought it was yeah. It it was it was like almost a console upgrade, like at that that level of like well detail at that and point you didn't know. Like you didn't know there would be like console upgrades like that. Like I know, yeah. I, I'm sure you, you, we were all aware that old con like consoles existed, but um, like how I, does I, it get better than this? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and it's proved it. I mean, yeah, it, the it everything about it is perfect. I mean, and I spent you know four years in college, like because we. I brought my Nintendo and stuff had something that was like all day. Like if, if we just need to waste some time and we're just sitting around drinking, we just, you know, get a 9am, grab a rolling rock, boot up Mario three. And we'd sit there on the backseat of a Dodge caravan, play Mario three mm-hmm. for four years, man, I wasted my time. Anywho, Anywho. It was uh, anywho. It was my seventh birthday, and I got it. Uh, it was my birthday gift, and it literally ended the party. Like that was it. I got it. It was the uh, my mom was smart. It was the last thing I opened, and anyone else that was beaming with pride about the gift that they got me got shit on instantly. As like your gift sucks. This is the greatest thing in the world. I'm going up to my room now. And my friends and I, we ran up, and then it was we sat on the edge of my bed. My friends just sat there and watched me play Mario, uh, Mario Three, because like there was no cake. Like she had to drag me out of my room to like cut the cake and do the <laughs> candles and sing Happy Birthday. I didn't want anything to do with it. God, that that curtain, just from the very beginning, that opening sequence, like games didn't have. For the most part, like, like those kind of title cards. Right. It was like playing a movie. I mean, the next thing I could say was like Ninja Gaiden with all its, uh, uh, like, uh, cutscenes and stuff that are like storytelling. But that this was above and beyond. Like, yeah, you're right. It defined the, it defined the rest of the year. Cause then that's then you had the book. So you had the instruction book, and that was in my back pocket. That was in my backpack, and I went to school with me. Oh, so I'm sorry. I was reading a couple. Uh-huh. Yeah, that book. Oh, Aaron James, Ish, Gib- Gibbon, 666, Chasing Plastic, and Paul Schreiber all in the hizzy. Yeah, Ish is trying to stay awake. Aaron James said, hey, bro, Chachos, what's good? What's up, Aaron James? Um, Gib, uh, Gibbon 666 says Cedar Waxwing RDR2. Yeah. Oops. Well, sorry, we're talking wax. But if you can get a good three star Cedar Waxwing, 
You oh. got to pocket those because that's when they start looking for three star perfect carcasses for the daily challenges. You want to have a full bag of wax wings. About? What what are we talking about there? Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Ah. Uh, yeah, they're little birds. Uh, they're little Tweety birds. Oops. Sorry. But if I love you can your cap, show, th- cap some three star ones and keep them in your pocket, they don't they don't fade. So you know when someone comes looking for a carcass. Boom, here's my perfect carcass. And they're expecting like a deer and you hand them a little bird in your hand. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that's it. We're, we finished. We finished. Look we came us. back. I did no impressions. I'll get into them. I'm, yeah. I'm still getting back into game shape, Squeezer. Um, yeah. This is the longest I've stayed awake while drinking a beer. Like I, I should be passed out in this chair right now. Yeah, staring blankly. We got to figure out what we're doing next week. We got to reconvene uh, and figure out our whole summer, spring. Since our summer was thrown out by missing three weeks, we kind of threw our whole summer. Uh, and we're starting fall and uh, Christmas season. I'm sorry, not Christmas. Halloween season soon. Ah, um, yeah, well, we'll start then, that soon. Then, which too. goes into Thanksgiving, things we're thankful for, and then Christmas 2022 is just around the corner just around the corner just around they're already the releasing uh christmas and halloween goodies that's how you know it's coming uh, oh the pumpkin spice has arrived pumpkin spice the pumpkining all over oh, your my, face all, neck my, and chest. all my fall beers are gonna are coming they are coming they are here i yeah i just haven't gotten out there yet to get them face neck and chest that, that's my hello the Kevin Smith I line. Say, I just thought. I know. I don't disagree. All right. Uh, we'll yeah. be back next week with more Radio's podcast. In the meantime, uh, just wait for the next week for our next show. <laughs> I'm RK. <laughs> See you, everybody. Yeah.